This is the Eric Francis Show, brought to you by Horse Racing Alberta on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Good afternoon. Happy end of Stampede. You will not find someone who loves a Stampede more than I do. Well, you might find many people, cowboys, real cowboys. Uh, but I know that it is an overwhelming feeling in Calgary on the Monday after Stampede that, that goes kind of like this. Oh, my God, thank God it's over. It is one of the most brilliant 10-day celebrations in the world. It is over. We did it well. Broke all sorts of records. The Cowboys tent, the Wild Horse tent, all sorts of tents were just off, going off. It was a great, great celebration. So congratulations, Calgary. You put your best foot, your best boot forward. And I can't wait to do it all again. But I, I think we all need a little bit of time to, to distance ourselves from it. Okay, we've got a great show today. It's the last show of the season. And we're going to do it with uh, two, two of one of my two of my favorite people, Kenny Reed from Sportsnet and Trent McClellan from This Hour Has Twenty Two Minutes. These two guys, uh, both very funny guys, they get it, they understand that it's about entertainment. It's not just about the nuts and bolts of everything. So let's kick things off with my good friend, Kenny Frickin Reed. How are you, buddy? Good, buddy. I was not stampede uh, this year, so I don't have shame and guilt to recover from. So that's uh, good. Yeah. Usually take ten games. Then it's get rid of the shame and guilt. So that's right. Yeah, it's the time. Hey, you know that Trent's good buddies with my brother Peter. So I don't know if you know that, but you know Peter well. You know, I know Peter well. You know, I love him. And uh, yeah, two of the funnier guys in Canada for sure. Uh, yeah, tell me about warm up back for 22 minutes. So there you go. Is he really? Now. Yeah, 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 yeah. So there you go. Out at Halifax? Out they, they do that in Halifax. Yeah, he moved back to Halifax, so he warms up from from Yuckx Calgary all the way to Halifax. So he warms him up for Trent, small ready to rock and roll. I love it. I didn't know that. That's great. Uh, okay, I want to have you on for many reasons, but uh, the first one I want to ask you about is the Flames. I always think it's funny when when we have people on from like three thousand kilometers away and ask them about the Flames because I'm like, like really, like, but but I I am interested in the view from three thousand kilometers away. And as a former Calgarian and as a guy who knows his hockey, like what is your view of what's happening or not happening with the Calgary Flames this summer? Right. Uh, so I don't take myself too seriously, so I could give you my opinion. But do you want my opinion or Ed Whalen's opinion? <laughs> you know, I've given the choice which one I'm taking. All right. Uh, so let's let's get, why don't you ask, okay, Ed Whalen's opinion on it? Yes. Fantastic move the Flames have made. Always kind of a buzz when a former flame rises through the ranks to join the front office. So thrilled for Conroy. Steve Conroy, one of the greatest flames defensemen of the early 80s. And for Conroy to bring on uh, one of his teammates, flame sniper and legend Kent Nielsen to help him out. It's just a great pairing of Conroy and Nielsen. Looking forward to it. Way to go, Conroy. Oh my God! Okay, yes, Steve Conroy, Craig Conroy, whatever. Uh, new rules. What are you talking about Craig Conroy. <laughs> Is that uh, you know? We got a scrap behind the play. It's Bookabom and Conroy. Wait, they were not in the league together during the Battle of Alberta. It's Conroy and Donnie Jackson. Jackson taking exception to the actions of Conroy. Oh, I love it. Okay, it's been so long. It's been too long since I heard Eddie Whalen. Does that uh, does Eddie Whalen 
have a problem with, you know, several flames kind of indicating that they're probably not interested in staying in Calgary long-term. I said, you punk, if you don't like it, you can get the hell out. Or anything when I'm like Iserman. Two and seven, the games are going to be on two and seven all winter. And a few pieces of garbage still want to join in the party. I've got my boys behind my back. Jimmy Poplitsky, Kimmy Hunter, Laddie McDonald, Stevie Conroy, Reggie Lebelin. We're ready to rock this down rocket inside out. So a few pieces of trash don't want to join the party. See ya. Don't let the door hit you on the way out of the Cecil, you punks. <laughs> I haven't heard Cecil in a long time. Tell me, uh, you, you got, I was sitting with Tim Hunter the other day at Bullet Boston. Cemento's Nick Hunter in the nose. What is happening here? Ray Scampanello's got to step in. Cemento is a disgrace to the game. The Valiant Hunter. Was Timmy Hunter tougher than a, a bull rider? You've been to the Calgary Stampede. Yes, I have been to the Calgary Stampede. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ed Whalen or me, I'm getting all confused here. Let me tell you something about Timmy Hunter. Tougher than any bull rider I know because he's not full of bull crap. Hunter's an honest player. Just inducted into the Alberta Hockey Hall of Fame. 545 games played for the... They're not fight behind the play. We got Neil Shady and Kevin McClellan. McClellan beating him left. He is a disgrace. Of course, this entire brawling suit, surprisingly enough, by Kevin Lowe. Lowe, usually a gentlemanly player. That's exception to a spear incident with Donnie Edwards behind the play. Edwards, one of the greatest goalies of our generation, future Hall of Famer. Uh, we're on the phone with uh, Ken Reed slash Ed Whalen. Uh, Last Joe Carberry. Uh, you know, I, I, I shouldn't uh it's been a while I know since you've been to the Chucks, but they had the big uh the, the dash for cash last night. Lane McGillivray won in an exciting three horse race over Kurt Benzmiller. Any thoughts? The hell are you talking about three horses? It's four horses riding and re- touching the rail at the Calgary Stampede. Three horses would no. never work, especially if they cut down on the outriders and guys throwing the stove on the back of the chuck. Yeah, they, they changed all that, uh, just so you know, Joe. It's it's kind of a different look right now. Still very exciting, though. Still so fun to see them race around the track. Different look, because I, uh, I remember the last time you looked at me, I was Baron Aiken at the Calgary Winter Club locker room. But I'm telling you, what things I'll never change about the old stampede, friend, is Norrie Cuthbertson standing up for you, and guys hanging out down around the rail with the chucks rubbed right up against her. The uh, Kirk Benzmiller finished second this year. Uh, last time you would have seen a race. Junior A hockey player. <laughs> last time you would have seen him, I think it would have been Buddy Benzmiller racing around the track. Kirk Buddy Benzmiller, Normie Cuthbertson, Neil Wolgenbach, a sudden glass, strong Christian face. Now, you know, one of the things that keeps the Chuck coming back year after year is the strong Christian faith in the King Kelly Sutherland with a feather in his hat. Yeah, he's not. He's not. He doesn't race anymore. And, Eric, what's this I hear about noodles up against the rail? What the hell yeah, they've is the got... phone doing down there anyway? <laughs> they got the, the noodles sticking out so they don't get too close to the railing. It's all for safety. You want to make sure that 
you know, we limit the damage, of course, during the stampede. That's that's the right thing to do. I the guess. only noodles that hung around the rail in my day. Okay. All right. In Bearcat Murray. <laughs> Joe Carberry, ladies and gentlemen, courtesy of Kenny Reed. Okay. I do want to, I did want to. I'm Joe Carberry, Bearcat Murray, and, and Ralph Klein at Dusty's after each and every race. We'll be up against the rails for you, if you know what I mean, friend. Okay, yeah, okay, I guess. Ew, Dusty's. Oh, oh. Now that Stampede's over, it's time for me to head up Old Highway 2 and reacquaint myself with Claudite Cake. Okay. Like stuff for a pop but gasoline alley, friend. Oh, Kenny, it's good to hear your voice again. Uh, I, I, I want... You should see my wife driving the truck as I'm doing this. I, I can only imagine. Uh, yeah, and I have my two children in the back as well. They think you've gone crazy. Yeah, they um, they know. Listen, one of the things that you and I were have been great friends for a lot of years, <clears throat> but when you were in Calgary, yeah, uh, the stampede. Like, what do you remember about the stampede, and what do you tell people who are thinking about going? Uh, honest to God, I always say it's like Adult Disney World. It is the greatest ten days ever and i don't ever i don't think i ever went to the ground uh if i did it was for well you and i would go and we watched the chuck down on the rail no noodles back then uh yep. just the sound of the chucks coming in was awesome and just night after night and just everybody like i it's hard to describe i always said it's like adult disney world and everybody was just happy for 10 days it was just such a fantastic time you know and that, once i saw kenny rogers too so that was really cool you know, like on stage, I didn't just randomly run into him, but, uh, yeah. And I didn't, and me and you like betting 50 bucks or a hundred bucks in every chuck race and listen to Joe Carberry call him. It's just a blast, you know? And by the end of it, I could oh, wear the rodeo, which was kind of crazy. Like, I'm like, that's a naughty toe, you know, like, like, like stuff like that. But yeah, it was, yeah. Uh, you become an instant expert. It, it only takes one sitting at a, at a rodeo to kind of at least have a yeah. somewhat educated guess. Yeah, and then by the third time you go to the radio or the Chucks, as me and you always used to laugh at, you know the program, same jokes in the same program every day, every day. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. there comes the mountain bus bag. <laughs> I say, yeah, we know, you know, and and then Joe's the same every. There's Norm Copperson standing up for you with a dart. Oh, it's just the best. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's changed a little bit, but it's you know what the essence of it is amazing. It's it's on a larger right. scape uh, scope now. You need to come back, yeah. Kenny. God, I would love to have a, a stampede day or two with you and just re reacquaint you with the beauty of stampede. Oh my God, I'd be up for that, buddy. I'd be up for that. You know, we could do the Joe last... Carberry on the radio every night. Blast! I love it. The last festival I went to with you was the Pictou County Lobster Festival. Pictou Lobster Carnival, right? And you learned all about tea carnival. Yeah, I yeah, a like uh, about a lot of things. And you didn't come out that night, which was probably good because there was a few scraps, you know, not, not that there's not a few scraps around Cowtown during Stampede, but yeah, you learned all about the the culture of lobster. It's funny, the culture of lobster and the culture of uh, cowboying, it just kind of comes down to drinking in a tank at night, no matter what, right? Yeah, no matter if you're harvesting, exactly. harvesting the ocean or making you're living off the land, you end up in a tent having a few pops. So there you go. It's kind of all the same. Love it. You know, you guys got yeah. Norm Cotterson, we got teapots. And everybody ends up in the beer garden. You're right. It's the same thing. Everybody, 
ends up in the beer garden. Exactly. That's where we all end up. So yeah, it's lots of fun. But I'm, I'm excited about Steve Conroy taking over the, the flames. That's huge. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, Ed's pretty jacked. Hey, let me ask you this. Conroy was a great Ed name, too, when he did it. Conroy, Conroy. Everything Ed said was gold. Oh, yeah. Tell, tell, me, tell me about this. Uh, we're talking to Ken Reed from Sportsnet and uh, former Calgarian, knows the Stampede well, the Flames, uh, Joe Carberry, all that. He, you and I both share the same love for old school things and yeah. athletes and, and attitudes. And, and I, yeah. I, you know, uh, in that vein, I, I saw something on the weekend with Rory McElroy. I really like Rory McElroy because he's got personality. He steps in it sometimes, and but I, he, he, I, I just think he's a character. And did you see that little clip with the fan at all after he won the Scottish Open? You, you probably didn't. You've been at your cottage all weekend. I did not. No, I've been at the cottage all weekend. So just for those who didn't see it, he wins the Scottish Open. It's the first time Rory's ever won on Scottish soil since he became a professional. And uh, he, he wins, obviously, some obscene amount of money. And some chap, while he comes out to kind of, you know, wave to the fans, some chap says, thanks, Rory, I won 300 pounds because of you. And Rory laughs and says, I want a wee bit more than that. <laughs> Which, yeah, that's just yeah. the way Rory is. Tell me about, are you worried about the way pro sports is going? Yeah, I'm worried about it losing its personality and it, its individualism, the right word I'm looking for too. Like, I, it's good to conform to a team, but you, you need the individuals that make it great. Like, I loved Eddie Jack, right? He was part of a team, but he was definitely an individual. And I, I miss those personalities, guys showing different sides of their personality that a lot of guys are obviously afraid to. They're afraid to ruffle feathers. They're afraid to deal with what they think could be reaction from the media or public. We're, we're all kind of designed in pro sports now to keep our head down and stay in our own lane don't ruffle too many feathers and it's funny because fans and media always say they want people to show their personalities but as soon as they do media way more than the fans is bound to criticize them for it so why would you want to mm -hmm. right that's my whole thing is why would you want to show personality because the media is just going to criticize you so it always amazes me that the media they get so sick and tired of guys saying pox in deep but then as soon as one guy says, oh, we're going to take them out, they're, they're done. Then they, they call the guy out for being cocky or something. So I think there's a certain segment of the sports media that you just can't satisfy. And I think a lot of that comes from these, these shows where we just overanalyze everything and scream into a camera. And that's considered sports journalism now, which is not what I consider sports journalism. But it's kind of what's taken over the state. It really hasn't taken over in Canada, but... Uh, you have people overanalyze and scream at every little comment or every little play. So why would a player want to put himself out there? And I think that that we're we're losing that because of the way the media covers sports now. So yeah, blame the media. Yeah. I, I don't usually blame the media, but I'll blame the media. But even back in the day, the media and you and I love the old guys like Ed Whalen and Joe Carberry, our old buddy Billy Powers. You know, we love those guys because they were individuals. And but now the media, in a lot of cases, they all are the same. You know, sound the same, look the same, react the same. So I think in a lot of ways, um, it's not just the athletes that are losing their personalities, it's the guys covering it as well. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, that's going real deep after talking about the Cecil and Ralph Klein, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, well, that's the range you have, Kenny. That's, that's 
all the range. You go from A to Z, you've got the tremendous range. Yeah. But what about the sports themselves? Are they are they getting, I mean, obviously the athletes are better than they've ever been before. Yeah. Are you worried yeah. about the direction they're going or, or, or should we just be enjoying the fact that they are the best athletes ever? I think we should enjoy the fact that they're the best athletes ever. It's easy to be old man, love the cloud. And, you know, every every kid, everybody thinks hockey was better or baseball was better when they were 10 years old. But, I mean, I, as far as baseball goes, we're looking at probably the greatest baseball player to ever live as far as I'm concerned, Shohei Otani. So he's doing. So we should probably just enjoy that. The hockey's never been faster. Is it as entertaining now than it, as it was? No. But it's faster and it's better. But I think when you look at a sport like baseball, like we've never seen an Otani. We saw Ruth pitch and hit for a couple of years, but this guy's doing it for several years now so i think sometimes you just got to take a step back look look at it sports through the eyes of a 10 year old whether it's a kid down the street your your neighbor's kid your nephew or your son and just go wow it's pretty magical to him so why isn't it magical to me because it's easy to be old man yelled at cloud but uh what's happening in sports now is pretty special like basketball's crazy good off the charts golf's insane but the speed of hockey is is just wild uh, baseball, we're seeing a guy do something that's never been done before. So maybe we should embrace it instead of just kind of, kind of scoff at it. Like uh, it's easy to scoff at things as you get older, you know. But maybe we should just kind of go, "Wow, this is this is pretty special." Otani, you're you're a big card collector as I am, and you know, yeah, uh, it, it would just so hit me last night. I'm like, I, I, I'm a big, you know, I'm mostly hockey cards, for example, but yeah, but I do have the odd, uh, you know, guys from other sports. I think I, I absolutely, I'm trying to chase like the top 20 g- cards from the last 40, 50 years. And I have a, almost, I have most of them, but there's some of the new guys I got to, I'm still chasing. I need an Otani, don't I? Like, and do you know which yeah. card that is? I started looking at it last night because there's a million options in baseball. That's yeah. not my world for collectibles. Is there right. one card that's out there that everybody knows you have to own? It's probably worth two, three, four yeah. grand, isn't it? There, there, well, there is one that I held a few years ago at the National. Uh, Beckett let me hold it. It was on display. Now, I couldn't tell you what it is off the top of my head because I'm a vintage guy, but there's so many different cards now and so many you want to own. But yeah, you got to get an Otani. But I find the new stuff complicated. That's why I'm a vintage guy. So I am a little old man, yells at Cloud Bat, but I always say collect whatever you love. But yeah, Otani's coming to town in a week or two. So I'm going to take the, the young fellas down to watch that, which is going to be a blast. But yeah, I mean, do you look at Otani? Uh, you have to have an Otani card of some sort, but yeah, what he's doing is just absolutely sick. But I will, I couldn't tell you what the the card is, but I'll text you a picture of it me with it later when we get off the air because I want to say it went for at least a hundred grand, and this is several years ago, so I don't know what it's worth now. Oh, okay, so maybe I'm not in the market for that card. <laughs> well, yes, but but but, but the I... beauty of card collecting, as you know, is you can get that card, or you can get a card. Right, you can still have access to it. Yeah. That's what I think. What so many people understand about collecting, they think it's too expensive. It goes, well, it's only too expensive depending on what you want to get. You can have access to a pack yeah. card for four bucks, and you can get an Otani in there too. Just not the Otani, right? Yeah, absolutely. The it, the uh, I wanted to veer away because you've got our general manager there in Cal- in Toronto now, and just wanted yeah. to hear like what are your thoughts on what he's done so far. I think uh, the the Leafs ended up with a fantastic general manager, and I think the Flames lost a fantastic general manager. Uh, you know me; I like my hockey with grit. 
I love the fact he went out and got Ryan Reeves. Uh, I would, I would never trade like Pittsburgh should never have traded Ryan Reeves. They finally had a guy and he's bounced around forever since then. Uh, I love the addition of Reeves, uh, Bertuzzi, if he can stay healthy, he's a good addition. Domi was a no brainer at, at 3 million. Uh, you know, that's a kid who always wanted to play here. Uh, you need grit. I think I was never the biggest Dubas guy because the guy can identify talent, but you don't win the Stanley Cup by assembling a fantasy hockey. You win a fantasy draft that way. But uh, hockey needs grit. I mean, I remember watching the 87 Canada Cup going, why is Brett Sutter there? Why is Rick Tockett there? And then at the end of the tournament going, oh, now I get it. And as much as the game's changed, I think certain things haven't changed. So I think getting free living was a, a huge win. Huge win for, uh, for Toronto. Uh, I'm just looking at the fan feedback line and uh, everybody's asking me to ask you more Flames questions for obvious reasons. As Ed Whalen? Yeah, as Ed Whalen. Yeah. yeah. They love yeah. Eddie. So just, just yeah. tell me a little bit about and whether it's from the view from, again, 3,000 kilometers away or yeah. just as a, as a hockey fan, your thoughts on Matthew Kachuk? Because to me, uh, to me, he's, you know, a top five NHL superstar. I think he's emerged that way. And he does it all. And that's a throwback to the days when you and I loved hockey the most. Let me tell you about Keith Kachuk. Outstanding youngster. Starting his career with the Winnipeg Jets. Collecting his 92-93 upper deck rookie card. I'll tell you this about Keith Kachuk. He and the Jets will never leave Winnipeg. One thing great prediction, Ed. Kachuk will never leave Winnipeg, and there's an outstanding young goaltender in the National Hockey League who's going to have a blossoming long career after winning the Calder. Of course, I'm talking about Jim Carrey. <laughs> but Minnesota New goaltender of the future, Carrey Taco. I love just like bad. I love just making up the fact that, and this is, has no grounds, but Ed's bad sports predictions. You know, my buddy Brad Kelly, you know, well, we always do that. And it's like, it's based on nothing, but I always just think it's, like it's funny. One of the greatest goal stars in hockey history, Kenny Hodge Jr. Is it, Ed, is there any chance that, you know, the Flames will ever lose a guy like Matthew Kachuk or Johnny Gaudreau, would they ever leave Talos? Let me tell you this, Matthew Kachuk, flame for life, Johnny Goodrow. If he ever does leave Calgary, it will be for the Edmonton Oilers. And let me tell you about Edmonton, they've got a youngster. A little overhyped, if you ask me. Don't bet on 99, Wayne Gretzky. If you want to guarantee the greatest 99 of all time, he's staying for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Former Kansas City scout, Wilf Paymont. Wilf Paymont. If you don't know that Will Samuel wore 99, look up his 81-82 of each. Absolutely. I, I, the audacity of, of Paymont to, to, to wear 99 is just still you know resonates what? with me. I asked Wilf about that for one of my books, Hockey Card Stories. And he was like, I, I, honestly, I honestly never even thought about it. He's like, back then it wasn't really a thing. You know, that was like yeah. 1981. He's like, it wasn't really a thing now. If it was 1991, he wouldn't have done it. But then it wasn't, it wasn't a thing. Rick Dudley wore 99 as well. And it was like, it wasn't, 
it wasn't a thing, but yeah, looking back on it, you would think it was a thing, but then it wasn't. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Yeah. Kenny, we're going to get your life. Thank you so much. Yeah. Time. You have no idea how much you just drilled my wife by saying Kenny from Dental Lake. She is just, Mrs. Reed is just in, like, we're in Cal, we're in Toronto now. She's just like, will you get off the phone, you idiot? Wow. A lot of my rooms. I get that. One more note about Calvary Sports. One more note about them. This city will never forget the cannons of the Pacific Coast League. Yeah, Con. Kenny, thanks so much, my friend. I appreciate you, as you always do. I'll be kind of glad to go on with Calgary's greatest reporter, Grant Pollock. Hi, Grant. <laughs> I'll say hi to Grant for it. Kenny, thanks, Grant. man. Have a great summer. Okay, see you, pal. Bye-bye. There he is, Ken Reed. Cheers, buddy. Comes to us on the Atlas Pizza guest hotline. Uh, what a talent. Funny man, insightful man. I love his old school opinions and uh, everything everything about my boy, Kenny Reed, I love. So I was glad to share him uh, with people. It's nice to see the fan feedback line light up with people who appreciate it too. Uh, listen, the Eric Francis Show is brought to you by Horse Racing Alberta this Friday and Saturday at Century Downs. They will unveil Women in Racing, a weekend celebrating the perseverance, determination, and endurance of women in the industry. Casey Coleman, Heather Vital, and Natasha Day will all be on hand as part of the festivities. For tickets and for a lot more information on how you can get involved, go to thehorses.com. Must be 18+. plus. Please play responsibly. We're going to take a break from the Eric Francis Show. We'll be right back with Trent McClellan. You're listening to Sports N 960, The Fan. This is the Eric Francis Show, brought to you by Horse Racing Alberta on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. All right, we're back. Second half of the Eric Francis Show. And thank you for everybody for listening all season long. This is our last show. Uh, We'll take a break until the fall. Uh, Thank you so much for listening. Uh, It's all about storytelling. It's all about uh, having a little bit of fun. And not many people have more fun than, than Kenny Reed, although our next guest, of course, is a, he's a comedian. So it's all about fun. It's all about funny. And uh, he's got strong ties to Calgary. He is, well, I'll ask him if he considers himself a Calgarian, but he certainly lives here in the summer. Trent McClellan, thanks for uh, joining me, my friend. How are you? Good, buddy. How are you doing? I'm doing well. For those unfamiliar with the name, he's, uh, he's on your TV. Uh, this hour has 22 minutes. He's been on stages around Calgary and in in our country for many, many years as a stand-up comedian. And he's a huge soccer, hockey, sports fan. Uh, I'll start because I want to ask you about your thoughts about the Calgary Flames and what's happened this summer, or, or like I said to Kenny, what hasn't happened this summer. Where, where are they at in your mind? Well, it seems like it's a complete reset, right? Like we had a bunch of people just abandon ship. And this is, this is when I got terrified. I got terrified when basically a year ago, when Kachuk left and Goudreau left, Bradtree Living, as the captain of the ship, stood up and said, you know, I, I kind of don't like the fact that people are dumping on Calgary right now. You know, it's a great place to live, great place to work, and uh, kind of pisses me off that people are, are dumping on it. And then 12 months later, guess who's gone? <laughs> Bradtree Living. I was like, uh-oh, if you see the pilot of a plane jump out the side door, you, you got questions. <laughs> Right. I'm like, is there a parachute yeah. around? What are we, what is happening? So that's when I was terrified. I was like, wow, maybe there's some bigger issues going on. But um, I mean, man, look, we, we both talked to, 
to Conroy at the uh, Brian Burke's Target for Kids, and he's vibe like he's he's absolutely vibrating about this season. He's excited. You can't mm-hmm. help but feel excited when you're around him because he's just so jazzed about you know he thinks the potential of his team is and and talking to other guys. So I, I put my faith in Conroy. I think he's going to change the energy of that place. And I think you know clearing house sometimes is a good thing, as we all know. You know, you do some spring cleaning, you fire some stuff out, you give it to Goodwill, whatever you got to do with the old stuff. And uh, you start new. So I'm excited to see what happens. But it's going to be a short leash, I think. He's going to have some, some success out the gate or uh, people are going to start howling. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it, – I like what you said. It is – you hope that it's infectious, the fact that the players can buy into the enthusiasm and excitement that Conroy and Ryan Huska have and the new regime. Uh, but, you know, uh, it, that only takes you so far. I mean, you still need the skill on the ice. What is your bet – on the future of Elias Lindholm. I think we all know that Hannafin has made it clear he's, you know, they'll probably have to, to get rid of him sooner rather than later. But what about Lindholm and Backlund? What do you think will happen? And what do you think should happen? Well, I think Backlund should stay because I just bought his jersey last season. All right? So here's my track <laughs> record, right? I bought the Goudreau jersey. <laughs> boom, gone. I go, you know what? I also got a Kachuk jersey. He ain't got- He's gone. All right, so I get the Backlund jersey. If this guy leaves, never buy another Flames jersey, okay? I put my own name on the back of it. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> okay? I'm a guy who lived here for a bunch of years, moved to Halifax for a year, and I came back. That's how much I love Calgary. I'm doing the reverse of what other people are doing. They're leaving, not coming back. Yeah. I left, I came back. I'm like, I love this place. So, I mean, uh, I don't know. I don't like the idea of someone going, hmm, I'll let you know, you know? Like if you're in a relationship with someone yeah. and they're like, Hey, you want to keep going out? You're like, ah, you know what? I'm going to uh, think about it. Look at my other options. I'll let you know in the spring, you know, like, it's just, what are we doing? Like it's either you want to be here or you don't. So I get it to business. I get players are waiting to see what happened on the coaching front, but uh, it's time to, to make a decision, man. Like I love Lindholm. I love Backland. I want both of them to be Calgary Flames. But, you know, it's mm-hmm. time to decide what you want to do so we can have some stability in this organization and, and move forward. So I hope, they, I hope they both decide to stay. But if not, I just hope that this Flames team can still make the playoffs but also put a core in place, a young core of guys who want to be here and something we can build around for the future. We've got some long-term contracts. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we're, we're going to be locked into for quite a while with, with uh, Kadri and with Huberto. But I think if we can get some young guys in now who are really hungry to play and who want to be here, you kind of build around that, and, and we go from there. So so take me back to that. Just, just give us a little bit of your background. I know you, you, you're here. You came back to Calgary, as you mentioned. You love Calgary. We had Blake Coleman on the other day. He brought some friends out for the Stampede for a stag, and I just loved how how glowingly he spoke of his Calgary experience. I get it. I mean, he it's, it's smart to do that, but I, I really believe Blake Coleman. They love it here. They chose Calgary here. Uh, and 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 they come back and this you know they came back for the stampede. Tell me about your love for Calgary and why you think it's such a great town. Well, I mean, first of all, stampede. I mean, when you can wake up in the morning and uh, get yourself a rum and coke and some mini donuts. I mean, you're, you're talking the breakfast of champions. All right, so you're you're start. already starting the day plus yeah. five, right? You're already you're already in the right <laughs> lane straight ahead. Um, but in all seriousness, I started stand-up comedy here, you know? Like, I went to the comedy club on, on um, just off Blackwood Trail there in 58th, and that was the first stage I was ever on. And I always had this impression that in 
Calgary, if you were willing to work hard and really put your heart and soul into something that you could, you could achieve anything here. And so everything that I got in my comedy career, whether it's like a national TV special, being on a national TV show, going to just for laughs, um, and doing all these things I got by living in Calgary, you know? And so as an entertainer, especially in comedy, people often say, Oh, you should move to Toronto or move to Los Angeles. And I was yeah. like, man, I, I love this city. I love this comedy community. I love that the crowds in Calgary love coming out to live shows and they love, they love stand-up comedy and just not taking themselves too seriously. So for me, it was like, why would I need to leave? If everything I have is here and checking all the boxes, then um, it just it's always felt like a fit and it's always felt like home. So, so that's why, uh, that's why I chose it. And that's why I continue to be here. Yeah. And, and I, and I asked some people say, well, what, why does that matter? Well, the city's taking a bit of a beating right now with all these guys leaving. And it, I always try to tell people with the three guys that are in question right now, anyway, it's everyone, everyone comes up and says to me, probably to you as a Flames fan, why does everybody want out? There's a difference between saying I want out, which Tyler Toffoli eventually did. And guys who are saying, look, I, I like it here, but I'm not going to extend my time here for business purposes, for personal reasons, whatever the maybe. I don't think it's the same rejection as I want out. And so anyway, I do like telling the stories about how great this city is because all we're hearing right now is about all the reasons why guys are leaving. So I kind of want to put an end to that narrative or at least temper it somewhat with people like yourself, people like me who love this city, chose this city, had many chances to leave this city, but always chose to stay for all the reasons you kind of cited. And Eric, you got all the different weather systems here in one day. Okay. You want sunny? You okay, don't ruin it. it. You want to wait 10 minutes? You want smoke? <laughs> Boom. There you go. Oh, what's that? Thunder and lightning? You're a big fan? There's some of that. You like hail in the middle of July? Here you go. Get that off your car. You know what I mean? You don't have to travel because all the weather systems are yeah. here. And so you, they come to you. I mean, no other place brings that. Come on. Okay. I'm not sure you're helping right now. Okay. So tell me about, <laughs> tell me about, as a, you played soccer too. You were a high level soccer player, weren't you? Yeah, I mean, when I, uh, under 12, I mean, I pretty much ripped it up. Um, <laughs> bigger kids scared the other children. Uh, threatened the other children. I thought that worked really well. Uh, you know, you stare, yeah. When you stare down a parent of a 12-year-old, you know what I mean? They know you're, this guy's not messing around. No, I, uh, I played in university. Yeah. I played at a pretty high level on an amateur level. And uh, I'm a big Calvary FC fan, obviously, and get down there to those games at Spruce yeah. Meadows as much as I can. and. Tommy Wielden Jr., the head coach and GM, has become a good friend of mine as well. So, uh, yeah, man, the game is growing in this country. The the men are, are are on the uptick. They're struggling a little bit right now, and the women, of course, are getting ready to go into another World Cup, and they're they're uh, world champions as well. So, you know, soccer in this country is growing. More kids are playing than ever, and uh, I just love the fact that Calgary now has a professional team that we can go down and root on. And it's always a great day down at Spruce Meadows if anyone's ever been down there. No, it's an amazing atmosphere, and Tommy's an incredible front man, and uh, it is something that we should be very proud of in our city. Tell me about uh, the, the atmosphere down there. It surprised me. I know that the, I know the emotion and enthusiasm that is generally associated with European soccer uh, could have potentially come here. I wasn't sure it would, but that scene down there at Spruce Meadows, did it surprise you, or does it surprise you that it's that raucous and fun? It, it kind of didn't surprise me because I know Tommy's passion for it and I know what they were trying to build there. But I, I did have a moment in year one, I guess it was, or year two, 
when they were playing the Vancouver Whitecaps, I think it was, in the Canadian Championship. And I'm standing there in this stand, and it's, it's sold out, and it's loud, and people are singing, and it's noisy. And I thought to myself, they did it. This thing didn't exist literally a year ago, and now there's an actual beautiful soccer pitch there of natural grass. There's a beautiful stand built. Kids are wearing jerseys and the hats, and families are coming out. It's a full game day experience of people being on the grounds and getting their hours early. And I was like, they did it. They, they actually brought the whole European type atmosphere to the actual, to Calgary. And you have the foot soldiers down the far end. They got the smoke bombs going off and the songs going. I was like, man, this is, this yeah. is it. If you, if you've been a soccer fan in this, this city and you've wanted something to cheer about and a home team to, to root for, it's, it's alive and well down. It's Bruce Meadows right now. So uh, I was, I was blown away, man. They've done such a good job down there on the game day experience. And, uh, you know, I, I, I always bring the boots with me, too, as well, just in case Tommy needs uh, needs a, an older guy, you know, to step in and play some minutes. And, uh, you know, but, you know, when you have yeah, three or four beers. Yeah, yeah, I got to just kind of <laughs> go with there, get a red card early, set a tone. Uh, you know, with Tommy. <laughs> yeah. Keep checking the phone, but you uh, know, know. Tommy's number doesn't come up. But uh, I always bring the boots with me, you know? Yeah, good idea, buddy, my friend. Uh, Trent McClellan is our guest uh, from this hour is 22 minutes. He's a, a soccer icon and a, <laughs> and a, a, a great supporter of Calgary and, 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 and a proud product of the Calgary comedy scene. I think that's awesome that you've forged this incredible path that I, I don't even think you could have foreseen. Tell me how it came about that you landed a job uh, with this hour is 22 minutes. It's been since 2017. You've been on that. Yeah, it was crazy, dude. Yeah, going into my seventh season coming up here in the fall. Um, I, as a stand-up comedian, you know, you get offered other opportunities. You know, I always thought I'll just be a stand-up and tour around and play live shows. And then uh, I got an offer to go write for 22 minutes for a few weeks. It's kind of a trial thing. And I did that for two years in a row. And the second year, I thought, man, I, I really, that seemed to fit really well. And I got some stuff on air, and they, they put me on camera a little bit to go talk to folks in the street and do silly stuff. And then uh, that summer, I got a call from my agent saying, hey, they want you to join the cast in 22 minutes. And I was like, can you email me that? Because I can't process what you're saying right now. Like, I can't even figure out what, what are you talking about. <laughs> and then uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> they emailed me and said, yeah, this thing is real. And you're going to be moving to Halifax half the year. And, and uh, off I went. So we're going into season 31 this year, if you can believe that. Uh, you know, I haven't been there for 31 yeah. years, but you're uh, <laughs> seven for me. So it's a blast, man. We get to, to play house every single day and, and just make Canadians laugh. And it's amazing that Americans too, sometimes are, will go to the live show, the live taping on a Monday and go, Hey man, we, we find a way to watch this show as well. And we love how you make fun of us. It's great. Keep making fun of American. <laughs> so I'm like, not a problem. Uh, we'll keep doing it. Not a problem. So, uh, mm -hmm. It's really good. My favorite story is I was going through a gate, an Air Canada flight one time and the gate agent looked at my passport and then went, uh, oh, you're the guy for 22 minutes. I guess you'll have lots of material on us this year. Enjoy your flight. Why don't you just, just, just nice. wave me through? Yeah. She knew. She knows. She knows we're going to give it to them, and, and they expect it. Oh, you know? my God, yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, you, you, the show is taped in Halifax, eh? and so you go there for how many months a year, and then you come back to Calgary for the summer? Yeah, I'll kind of leave Labor Day weekend, and I'll be there till Christmas and get a bit of a hiatus, and then go back in January and be there till kind of mid-April kind of thing. So that's normally how it works. You're probably pretty much six months, and 
and uh, with some hiatuses built in there. So usually do about 21 episodes. And uh, yeah, in the summertime, I kind of focus more on stand-up, but I've been doing a few stand-up shows as well with the Dirt Road Kid comedy tour. So been adding a few of those, and there'll be some in Atlantic Canada coming up in the fall. So I'm excited about that too. So uh, yeah, man, just strap on the helmet and uh, go hard once the fall hits and, and uh, the summer break is over for me. It, it it I don't need to tell you how glamorous it is to be a, a comedian in in Canada, but I you know, the Dirt Road Kid comedy tour. I see the I just went to your website and it, Cornerbrook, Truro, and Fort McMurray. Right. It seems like you've got some holes in the middle there. Right, you've got some new yeah, ones that are you're going to be announcing at some point soon. Yeah, I mean it's, it helps to have a map, you know, when you're planning a tour. And uh, I go <laughs> this. How far? How far is the drive from Truro, Nova Scotia to Fort McMurray? How many days? Between? Yeah, well we thought of. A, we, we, couldn't, we couldn't find a small hamlet between Truro and Fort McMurray? Is that what we're saying? Yeah, it seemed uh, odd. Yeah. It seemed odd to me. funny is that when I first started doing stand-up, I, I, was, I was performing with this comedian who was up from the States, so we were driving from Calgary to, like, Grand Prairie. And he turned to me on the drive like hour six, and he's like, are, "Are you serious? There's no, there's no, this is, there's no other gigs between here and and Calgary. Like that, he couldn't believe how far yeah. Canadian comedians have to drive to just get to one show. He's like, in California, I would have, this would have been eight shows already. I would have been in eight different cities, and we're just driving through mm-hmm. wheat fields, just looking at combines. And I'm like, oh yeah, dude, we're still." We're still days out. Like we're not. You're not. You're going to get to do one show once. We're going to get in the car. We're going to drive back to Calgary after it's over. He's like, this is insane. I was like, well, that's how you know you love it. If you're willing to put go through all that just to tell one joke in Regina, then I mean, uh, you know, you you might have what it takes up here. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited about. It. I'll be doing some more shows in Atlantic Canada, and uh, I'm going to be going to Charlottetown. I do believe Sydney, Nova Scotia, and a few other areas around there. So excited, man! Stand up's always. Uh, Always a blast to do in front of a live audience, so I, I'm excited. You've got a pretty uh, big one coming up here, as Rob Kerr kept joking about at the uh, Brian Burke uh, event that uh, Jerry Seinfeld will be opening for you. But apparently, that's he had that backwards. Yeah, he did have that backwards. I know a lot of confusion on that. Um, people are like, "Who's yeah. the new kid, Jerry Seinfeld?" You know, and what's his story? And uh, he's done pretty well for himself. Uh, I think he's yep. from, uh, I think he's from, um, from Nanton and, uh, he's, uh, just based in Nanton. I do believe Seinfeld is, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, I got asked to hop on the straight outdoors comedy festival, which has been, uh, there's been different lineups all across the country and Calgary's got one coming up. I do believe and Edmonton just had theirs last weekend, or this weekend. So, uh, yeah, going to be hopping on a show with Seinfeld, which is pretty crazy. You know, like you, you start this road of doing stand-up and, and you never know where you're going to end up. So it's going to be a, but I told you at the event, I think like it's going to be me in my trailer backstage and he's going to be in his trailer and I probably won't see him. You know what I mean? Like I'll, I'll see no. him go on stage just like everybody else, but there won't be like, he's not going to be telling me Kramer stories or nothing like, you know, one time uh, when I wrote this part for Elaine, like I don't think anything like that's going to happen for me. So I have the my expectations are very low in terms of the person interaction that'll happen. But I'm excited to get on stage there. It's a it's a pretty unique event. So uh, to be on stage uh, and share stage with Sir Sanford is a pretty cool moment. That is pretty cool, and it's funny you and I have something in common there. I I opened for Jerry Seinfeld in Calgary years ago. L- wait, let me rephrase that. 
let me rephrase that. I introduced Jerry Seinfeld many years ago for uh, the Owen Hart Foundation when he came to Calgary. And uh, I was I, I was told by my wife, and I knew it already, the last thing in the world you want to do when you're just straight up introducing a comedian is try to be funny. Like, it's never, ever going to work. And so yeah. I played it as straight as you could possibly play it. I did chat with him in the green room beforehand. Very, you know, simple, cordial, straightforward stuff. Um, so, but I think it's different when you're a warm up act. <laughs> obviously, your job is to warm them up, get them laughing, and it doesn't matter who's following you. Um, you've got an act, you've got a crowd that is cheering for you, wants to, you know, wants you to do well because it's going to be a big night no matter what happens. Yeah, exactly. You got to go do your thing too, right? So, I my set is like 20 minutes or whatever. So, it's like just, you know, go there, have fun, and enjoy it. And, and, I, I just I love performing, right? Like you can be having the worst day ever and you go on stage and you just get energized by being in front of like thousands of people and talking about absolute nonsense. And then they pay you, Eric. Someone gives you a check after yeah. it's like, Oh yeah, as if that wasn't wow. enough of a buzz, here take this money and, and we're not gonna ask for it back. I mean that's insane. <laughs> that's absolutely insane. I'll tell you my favorite mm-hmm. thing, Eric, you ever been to a wedding and someone tries to be funny when they're doing the speeches? And, yeah. you know, like, it's not going to go well, but they're, they're totally like, no, no, I'm leaving on a laugh. I'm definitely leaving on a laugh. And meanwhile, the audience is like, yeah. oh, that's not going to happen here tonight. That's not going to happen. No. And they start going way back. Like, I remember when Joanne and I were six and uh, we rode our bikes. Do you remember that, Joanne? Do you remember when we rode it? And people were like, oh, God, just open the bar again. For the love of God, Painful. open the bar again. Yeah. And you're just, and you're waiting for someone to cut the mic. That's <laughs> what I always think about, like, as a comedian. Oh, when I go yeah. to these events, I'm like, oh, you didn't prepare? Here it mm-hmm. is. This is the moment of reckoning. So I, uh, mm-hmm. I I think you're right. Sometimes you just have to leave it to the professional sometimes. Oh, my God, yes. Absolutely. Uh, you, you had me on your podcast many, many years ago, the generators and I, congratulations. You've kept it going all these years and you've got far more interesting and uh, intelligent people on there now. Uh, so I had David Suzuki on recently. Um, th- tell me about, you know, the podcast and tell people who, who've never heard it before, what it's about and where it came from, you know, how it came about. Well, honestly, I, I'm one of those guys who just loves, you know, just having, good conversations with people, right? I always feel like you leave enlightened after, after a great chat with somebody. And, and uh, I just want to kind of bring that back. It was like, who, who's people that I find interesting and their careers or lives have been interesting and kind of unpack that. And, uh, and that's where it started. It was just a pretty basic idea. And so, you know, over the years, I, you know, I've had like Sam Roberts and Alan Doyle and David Suzuki and some guy Francis and, uh, you know, just some people that, that have had some interesting lives and others that, I mean, <laughs> I, mean I guess. But, I mean, uh, you know, it, it, it's, uh, you know, other people who write stories about athletes or whatever, you know. And, uh, but, but they've, all, they've, all, they've all brought something to the table. And, but what I realize is I'm a threat amongst everybody that you interview, regardless of what their profession is or where they started or how is that there's always been struggle, right? There's always been times when they didn't have the answers or didn't have it figured out. And just the ability to persevere and be resilient and keep moving. And I mean, as you know, in this business and entertainment in general too, it's like, you know, you don't know quite often where the road leads, right? It's just about continuing to move your feet and hopefully the nut will appear at some point. So for a lot of people, it seems like that was their path. So I always find it inspiring when I, I go down those roads with people and they're, they're vulnerable and honest with me. Yeah. 
It's uh, the the podcast is called The Generators, and it's easily uh, easily found if, wherever wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, I encourage you to keep it going. I know you will, and uh, I've tuned to it for for many many years. I, I'm not a David Suzuki fan per se, but that's the beauty of podcasts. Well, you look and you I'm, see, oh, that person might be interesting. That person might be interesting. And then you give it a listen. Yeah. I mentioned that to David, actually. I go, have you heard of Eric Francis? He's like, no. He's like, yeah, he yeah. doesn't like you. And he was like, yeah, oh, for many years, for we've been battling for many, yeah, for yeah, many yeah. years. Yeah. For many years. I said that part yeah. too. Yeah. For many years. And so that's how I started it. And uh, it got, it went awkward from there. I mean, you can imagine, uh, <laughs> <laughs> live and learn you know yeah. hey who here's who's yeah. not a fan eric francis all right let's get into it um you know and uh, yeah. so lesson learned good opener. warm yeah. up the guest yeah. next time trent warm up the guest as opposed to freeze yeah. them out you know so i i learned yeah. from that so I, I i owe you one there thanks a lot buddy yeah it was a little awkward sorry about that uh listen man <laughs> thank you so much for uh coming on and thank you uh you know it's great to see you come back into the city go to support the events like Brian Burke's event and uh, get out there and uh, you're not a bad shot. You, 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 you fared pretty well in the big finale, the Annie Oakley. Tell you ever done that before? Well, basically Eric, it's about just staying focused, right? I mean, obviously I oh, uh, didn't have the, the uh, regular round that I wanted to have there in the beginning there, but uh, obviously, uh, you know, you get in the playoffs there and I mean, you got to focus and dial in there and then just get back to basics and, uh, you know, it was about just shutting out the noise, which is hard when you got people shooting guns next to your ears. But uh, just quieting yeah. the noise there and just uh, focusing on what I got to do. And, uh, you know, obviously uh, proud, but going to take this time and recover and just uh, be ready to go for next season, right? You watch too much sports, my friend. Listen, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks for your time. Thanks for all you do for our city. And uh, we will have you on again soon in the in, in the fall when uh, – when the real bullets start to fly. <laughs> Thanks, my man. Uh, you have a great summer, and uh, I'll chat to you again soon, I'm sure. Okay. Thanks, bud. Take care. There he is, Trent McClellan from the uh, – this hour has 22 minutes. He's a proud Calgary comedian and a guy who uh, – I just think he's a great ambassador for the city, and he's also a huge Flames fan, so I wanted to have him on. All right. He was on uh, courtesy of the Atlas Pizza guest hotline. The Eric Francis Show is brought to you by Horse Racing Alberta. This Friday and Saturday, Century Downs unveils Women in Racing, a weekend celebrating the perseverance, determination, and endurance of women in the industry. Casey Coleman, Heather Vitale, uh, Natasha Day will all be on hand as part of the festivities. For more tickets and a whole lot more information, please visit thehorses.com. Must be 18+. plus. Please play responsibly. I want to thank everybody for listening today and listening for the whole season. We'll be back at it in the fall. This has been the Eric Francis Show, and you're listening to Sportsnet 960, The Fan.